What is true prosperity and success? The world would say it's achieved when you have such things as a happy marriage, your kids honor and respect you, you have a solid position at work, your bank account is growing, you're enjoying great health. And while all those things may define the American dream, they are not necessarily God's definition of prosperity and success. We tend to make everything about us, but it's not. It's all about God. Well, welcome to the Point of Purity podcast. I'm your host, Steve Etner, author, national speaker, and purity coach for the Pure Man Ministry, and this is episode 79. And in this week's episode, we talk about the importance of eating your veggies and saying, moo. God said to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have great success. Joshua 1.8 I want you to notice that God tells Joshua that when he meditates daily on the scriptures, then Joshua would make his way prosperous. Then Joshua would enjoy good success. You see, it's only when you meditate on God's word, applying its truth to your daily life, that your choices to glorify God will affect a lifestyle change. You're choosing to make your way, your course of life, prosperous. It is then, and it is only then, that the contentment, the peace, the godliness that God has promised to you will be fully experienced in your life. The word that God uses in Joshua 1.8 for prosperous refers to, be, to, to uh, achieving your goal. Remember, the goal of every born-again believer, the goal of every Christian must be to know and glorify God in everything we think and say and do. 1 Corinthians 10.31, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. 2 Corinthians 5.9, we are to make it our goal to please God. When you meditate daily on God's Word, when you then choose to, to every day apply the truth that you're meditating upon to your life, and as you seek daily to know your Creator, your Heavenly Father, the Savior of your soul even more, that is when you are changing the course of your life. You're achieving the ultimate goal. You're being prosperous, truly, genuinely prosperous. You you see, prosperity isn't about achieving the great American dream and having it all. It's about living a life that glorifies God, day in and day out. When you're living that kind of life, you are truly experiencing all that God has planned for you. Okay, so another byproduct of meditation on God's Word, according to Joshua 1.8, is that you will have good success. Now, the word that God uses here for success literally means that you have been given insight and comprehension into who God is and what His will is for your life. The direct result of that insight, 
is that you are now able to act wisely in your everyday, every moment choices. Listen, success isn't found in gaining that promotion at work. Success is experienced only when you know God more and you choose those things that will bring honor and glory to your heavenly Father. That's when you will succeed at that which he created you to do. So being prosperous, being successful the way God defines it, well, that can only be achieved as we first meditate upon his word. And then as we're meditating upon his word, we choose to walk in obedience to it because we want to worship him. And we discover, we understand that's how we worship him. We are to read God's word all the days of our life so that we may learn to revere the Lord our God and follow carefully all the words of this law and these decrees, Deuteronomy 17, verse 19. We are to delight in the law of the Lord. And on his law, we are to meditate day and night. And then we will be like a tree planted by streams of water, a tree that yields its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither. And whatever we do prospers. Psalm 1, verses 2 and 3. Well, turning our attention back to Joshua 1, 8 again, I want you to notice that God instructs Joshua to not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Joshua 1, 8. God is revealing both to to Joshua and to us three things that we must do in order to experience true prosperity and success. First, eat your vegetables. Now, (laughs) I'm not referring to carrots and corn and green beans, but there is an analogy I'd like to draw from that. Let me ask you a question. Do you eat? I know, I know, silly question. Of course you do. We all eat. But why do you eat? Now, I know we can probably come up with a plethora of reasons to, the, to answers to that question. But the bottom line is this. We eat, and as we eat, the nutrients from the food that we are consuming runs through our body and helps us grow. It helps us maintain. It helps us gain weight. It helps us be healthy and stay healthy, amongst a number of other things. We'll take a moment right now, and I'm serious. Bend your arm, your left arm. Let's take your left arm. Bend it at the elbow and feel your bicep. Go ahead. Do that right now. Now, feel the bones in your wrist. You see, the nutrients that come from the food that you eat helps your bones and muscles grow and stay strong. Now, if you're able to do so, I want you to stand up right now. And again, only if you're able to do so. Stand up right now and and do a couple of jumping jacks. No, I'm serious. Do it. Just do a couple of jumping jacks, all right? Now, those same nutrients that you're getting from the food that you're eating eating also gives you the energy you need through the carbohydrates that you're consuming to go throughout the day. It gives you energy. Those nutrients help you stay well and get well when you're sick. The fiber in our food helps us digest the food. It helps our digestive system. It, it, it It even helps keep your teeth and your gums healthy. Well, listen, 
It's also equally true that if you eat nothing but junk food all the time, your body will suffer the consequences from such a diet. Okay, now, (laughs) why the health break just now? The Apostle Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, that physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things. Yeah, it's important for our physical well-being, our health, our growth and development to not only eat food, but eat the right kinds of food. Agreed? It's even more important for your spiritual well-being, your spiritual growth, your spiritual development that you not only eat, but you eat properly. You eat the right kind of food. So let me ask you, what are you doing daily to feed your soul? What is your soul feasting upon? Do you realize that even when you're not in the Word of God, you're still feeding your soul upon something? God instructs Joshua and us to keep His Word on your lips. In other words, daily feed upon Scripture. Listen, my friends, you and I need a daily diet of God's Word. We need to open our Bible every day. And we need to consume, we need to devour the words of our Heavenly Father as He speaks from His heart to ours. Jeremiah put it this way in Jeremiah 15, verse 16, When God's words came, I ate them, and they were my joy and my heart's delight. Jeremiah 15, 16. Oh, listen, my dear friend, hear me out. You need to be in the Word of God. You need to be daily listening to the God of the Word speak into your heart. There's just no way around it. You need it. Well, second of all, you must be meditating on God's Word day and night. It's not just enough to simply eat it, to to have... It, it, let me put it this way. It's not enough to have a, a quick devotional at, at the breakfast table or just before going to bed. Now, I'm not knocking that, but that's not enough. It should not be enough. It's definitely not enough to just go to church on Sunday morning and listen to the pastor preach a good message. Here's my point. We need to be in the Word of God, and we need to have the Word of God in us daily. We need to be daily reading, daily studying, daily meditating, and daily walking in obedience to it. Throughout the day, focus your thoughts. Continuously keep your thoughts focused on the things that you've read that day. So let me ask you this. Have you read your Bible yet today? Now, I, I don't mean have you glanced at it. I mean, have you read it? And if you have... Do you remember what you read? Could you take a moment right now and tell me what God was wanting you to know, what he was wanting you to do from the passage of Scripture that you studied? Have you been praying throughout the day, asking God to show you how to live that passage of Scripture, that truth, that biblical principle, that, 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 that word of God, living it out in whatever you may be doing today? That's what it means to meditate. God wants you to meditate on his word. And the meditation God says we are to do is not some mystical Eastern religion-based event that involves sitting cross-legged on the floor, eyes closed, tips of your fingers, barely touching as you hum and chant repeatedly to yourself. The verb to meditate 
that God uses in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, refers to breaking something down into small, chewable pieces. That, in turn, makes it easier to digest, to get it into your system so that you can draw the spiritual strength and the spiritual nourishment from it. Very similar to a cow chewing her cud. But here's something I want you to consider. A cow cannot chew her cud. Now listen to me, a cow cannot chew her cud until she's first eaten the grass. Does that make sense? I mean, if there's no grass in her stomach, there's no cud to chew. Well, in the same way, watch this now. It is impossible for you to meditate on God's word if you're not first chewing on it, if you're not first studying it, if you're not first reading it and memorizing it, hiding it in your heart. You need to feed upon the Word of God before you can ever meditate upon it. Let's talk about that cow chewing its cud. You see, after sufficiently chewing the grass, the cow swallows the grass that it just chewed up, and it sends it into the first of four chambers in her stomach. Now, similarly, watch this now. When you have your devotional time or you're sitting in church, you're following in your Bible as, as the Word of God is being opened and taught, or, or you're listening to a preacher on the radio, or, or you're reading the Scriptures, you're, you're feeding, during that time, you are feeding upon the Word of God. You're chewing on it, and then when you walk away from that Sunday sermon, you walk away from that devotional, you walk away from that radio program, you've swallowed it. You've taken it in for storage for use later. Now back to the cow chewing its cud. I've been told that up to 70% of cows chew their cud while they're resting. In other words, when they're sitting and laying down under the shade of of that big oak tree, they are bringing up that grass that they ate earlier in the day. It's coming back up from chamber number one. It's going back into their mouth and they're chewing on it again. I know it sounds gross, but that's what a cow does. And it's chewing on it again. That cow, as it's chewing for the second time, is breaking that grass down even further, swallowing it into a second chamber of her stomach. Then, a little while later, up it comes again. She brings it back up again, back into her mouth, and chews on it some more. Every time she does this, every time she regurgitates and brings it back up, she's meditating on it. She's chewing on it. She's breaking it down even further to enable proper digestion. Now, here's why I'm talking about cows. It's a much simplified example of what meditation on the scriptures is all about. See, the bottom line is this, that, that you start by reading the word. You're feeding upon scripture. And then, periodically throughout the day, you bring it back to mind. You think about it. You evaluate it. You're scrutinizing it. You're seeking to know and understand how it applies to you. You're chewing on it. And as you do, you're keeping your mind and your heart open to the leading of the Holy Spirit. You're asking God to guide you, to teach you, to lead you. And as you meditate, as you chew upon the scriptures, you begin to understand the principle and the truth that God is teaching you. You begin to see how you can and how you should apply it to your life. And then throughout the day, God will give you practical opportunities to apply what you've learned. 
That's meditation. Let's say, for example, you read some scripture during breakfast. You were feeding on God's word. As you progress through the morning, you begin to think about what you read at breakfast time. You think about what it means, about how it applies to your life, about how you need to make some some adjustments to your behavior, to your attitude, to your actions. And as you're going throughout the day, the Holy Spirit begins to help you understand some basic concepts and principles from that truth that you read in the morning. So during your lunch break, you're sitting there eating your leftover ham between two slices of dry bread, and you're thinking about the text from the Bible that, that you studied that morning. You're thinking about what the Holy Spirit has been revealing to you. You're definitely seeing that God is showing you an area of your life that needs some attention. So, you utter a prayer. You ask God to reveal to you what it is He wants you to do, and and, and you're asking Him to give you the strength to live it out, to apply it to your life. Well, later that evening, maybe it's around the dinner table, maybe it's afterwards, somebody makes a comment, a flippant comment that upsets you. And immediately, that verse of Scripture that you've been meditating on throughout the day pops into your mind. Smiling, you reply with a biblical loving response instead of the retort that you would have given yesterday. That's an example of meditation on God's Word. Well, let's go back for a moment to the illustration of a cow chewing her cud. Now again, I've been told that a dairy cow can spend almost eight hours a day just chewing their cud. That they will have a total of almost 30,000 chews daily. (laughs) that's a lot of chewing. But I wonder, how much do you meditate on God's Word? How many chews a day do you have? It's been said that a contented cow is one who is seen chewing, chewing her cud. I believe it's probably safe to say that a contented Christian is the one who is constantly chewing, constantly meditating on God's Word throughout the day. Does that describe you? Joshua 1.8 says, Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it. Chew on it. Day and night. So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous. Then you will be successful. Well, finally, as we wrap up today's episode, the third requirement that must be met for true prosperity and success, according to Joshua 1.8, is walking in obedience to what God's Word says. I want you to notice in Joshua 1.8 that God instructs Joshua to be careful to do everything written in His Word. And I want you to think about that, that little word, do, D-O, do. Be careful to do everything written in God's Word. Let me ask you this. What does it mean to do something? I I know, I know. Silly question, right? But humor me for a moment. What does it mean to do something? Think about this for a moment. Every word of God is inspired. 2 Timothy 3.16. Every word, every letter, from the dotting of an I to the crossing of a T, everything is inspired of God. That means that every word in Scripture is important, and I submit that includes this little word, do. Be careful to do everything written in God's Word. That verb to do 
in this verse is written in what's called the imperfect tense. Now, if you've been with us for any length of time, you've heard me refer to this before. So I'm not going to go into a lengthy discussion and what that means. But let me simply say this. When something is written in the imperfect tense, it means that the action being described, in this case, doing the word, walking in obedience to the word, is incomplete. It's not finished. It must, therefore, continue on into the future. Do it today. Do it tomorrow. Do it the next week. Do the word. Don't just read it. Don't just meditate on it. Do it. You see, obedience to the word of God is an ongoing action. You are never, <laughs> you are never, ever done with doing what God says you should do. Well, as I close today's episode, I just want you to know how deeply honored I am that you've chosen to share your time with me today, that you've chosen to listen to this episode in its entirety. So I have a question, a favor, actually, I have a favor to ask. Would you prayerfully, would you seriously consider joining us in being a vital part of the Pure Man Ministry? We are praying for, we are looking for Purity Coach Partners people who will commit to supporting this ministry in two major areas. First and foremost, we need support in prayer. We need people who are not just going to say, Dear God, please bless Steve. Please bless the Pure Man Ministry. That's important. I don't want to make light of that. But I'm talking about more than just that. You see, as important as that kind of prayer is, we're looking for, we're seeking after, we're begging for partners in this ministry who are committed to praying for us daily, praying for God's wisdom as we counsel, praying for God's protection as the enemy tries almost daily to stop us in our tracks and shut us down. We need people who are committed to praying for the men that we are ministering to and their wives, men who are entrenched and enslaved into this sin of sexual addiction, People who are committed to praying for their freedom, praying for victory, praying for clarity as these men dive into the Word of God, praying for their personal spiritual growth, praying for their families, their wives, their children, even their churches. Please hear me out. I need, we need faithful prayer partners who will commit to praying for this ministry on a consistent, regular basis. But we also need partners who will choose to come alongside of us and support the ministry financially. We are faith-based and donor-supported. We are dependent. We keep the lights on and the bills paid and, and the, the um, materials that we give to these men. It's all provided through the gifts of our listeners and the gifts of those who are sharing the burden of this ministry. And if this episode, if this this podcast, the, the whole series, if, if this ministry is speaking to you, if you share our burden to reach men and women literally across the globe with the message of freedom and victory, hope and healing and restoration, all through the cleansing power of the Word of God as led by the Spirit of God, would you prayerfully, seriously consider joining our team of Point of Purity Partners? We're looking for monthly supporters whom God is calling to support us. Gifts of $25, $50, $100 a month. If it can only be a one-time gift, uh, that, that's great. That's fine. Whatever you can do to, to help us to, to 
go further into this ministry and spread the gospel, the hope, the message of, of God's forgiveness and healing and cleansing power. Your financial support of any amount to this ministry is not only greatly, deeply appreciated, it's very much needed. And as a thank you for your gift to this ministry, your gift is tax deductible. So if God is moving in your heart to become a financial partner with us, you can visit our website at thepuritycoach.com. Again, that's thepuritycoach, all one word, thepuritycoach.com. And just click on the donate button. The donate button is located in the upper right corner of the menu bar. And you can give your tax-deductible donation today. And, And again, thank you so much. And if you have not yet subscribed to this podcast, let me encourage you to do so today so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Well, until next time, this is author, speaker, and purity coach Steve Etner reminding you that if you're going to glorify God in your everyday living, He must first be glorified in your every moment thinking.